All right, guys, so today we are joined by the gorgeous Nat. Um, I'm so excited for you to hear Nat's story and to jump into this episode with us. So Nat, just to kick us off, tell the guys who you are. Okay, I give you the fitness version. <laughs> yes. It's already the most relevant. So I, uh, I know Claire through Third Space. I am the master trainer for combat at Third Space. Um, aside from that, uh, and sort of feeding into that, I am or was the national champion uh, in boxing um, at 60 kilograms. Um, since we're in lockdown, I cannot defend that title, so I don't know if it still applies, but that was me like a year or so ago. So yeah, that's kind of the very uh, top level fitness overview of who I am. Yes, I love that you're like, Artspace Master Trainer and you came into my life. I'm so happy you're in my life, babe. The energy from that is next level, which I'm sure you will all hear in a sec. She is freaking a badass and I'm so, so happy and grateful you're on this podcast. Um, and you're obviously going to be sharing a little bit about your backstory with the team. So mm-hmm. a huge part of obviously what we do on Real is literally diving into your real story. So everyone that I get on, I just ask them to get a little bit personal and yep. tell us their backstory. So for you, um, you've kind of briefed me a bit on it, but I'm super excited for you to share your kind of backstory around fitness because I honestly, like things that you told me, I was like, oh my goodness, like there's so much here to unpack. So yeah, like let's start with your fitness, like share with the guys, you know, growing up, um, sport, how you got into boxing um, yeah. and how that led you to where you are right now so that they have a rough idea of who Nat is. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think stuff like this is super interesting because you see people on a day-to-day basis or you have a trainer, for example, and you're like, oh, that person just does this and then I don't see them for another week or whatever. And you have no idea. Like, you know, I'm 34 years old and I've done all sorts of random shit that have got me to <laughs> this so I um I mean I was good at sport at school like I was very athletic they had me doing just about everything um and they had me playing basketball I was um playing from about 10 years old and they had me in the England program at 11 so that was literally like training uh at a kind of local town level I'm from Doncaster so they had me training for Doncaster like three or four nights a week then we'd have games at the weekend or I'd have England training at the weekend. I made my debut at 13 and I played for Team GB at 15 in the Junior Olympics. That's wild. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Basketball. I like, I love it. I freaking love it so much. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was really great. And I mean, as I'm sure anyone who did sport at a young age at a top level will know, it's a really formative experience from the age of 10 till let's say 20 um you know the hard work ethic the dedication the focus at a young age it really sets you up for who you're going to be later in life um despite that i think it's also there's some detrimental aspects when you're so young and you're so impressionable and i i really think and i hope it's changed i don't know if it has but i really think that a lot of coaches who coach young children they don't really know a lot about mental health Um, and so there's a lot of things that really I've struggled with that came out of that experience and you know my parents they didn't they certainly didn't push me Um, but my parents are very black and white so it's like okay we don't mind if you do this or not but if you're going to do it you're going to do it properly so yeah 
you know, my dad used to, I had like a little training program that I had to execute and my dad would have me down this bodybuilder gym and I was so, <laughs> I was mortified as a kid, you know, like, oh my God, all these big men and women, like <laughs> women all had five o'clock shadow and they're all stuffing like turkey legs and chicken legs down their neck. And Standard. Dad would have, yeah, exactly. Standard. Like back in the, you know, 90s, it was like fucking mental. And I'm there on this <laughs> treadmill, like going at it. Like, you know, they, they, they pushed in terms of like, do it properly. Yeah. Um, but coaches, I, I struggled with coaches, you know. Um, I think there's some bullying that goes on. So um, I actually, I quit playing basketball for England and TG, Team GB at the age of 16. Um, and because the mental toll was just too much, I just couldn't handle it anymore. Um, and I think that's quite tough when you're young and you quit something and you, it, it, it plays a role in your psyche. Like I just quit something. I was not yeah. good enough. So that was quite tough. Um, I continued to play, play semi-pro up until I was about 23. And at 23, I broke my hands playing basketball and I couldn't play. And for the first time in my whole life, no training, no games. It was like, who am I? Like, yeah. what do I do with my life now? You know, and really just discovered, oh, I like, uh, I like classical music. I like going to classical music concerts. I, I like this and that. And I really explored the world for the first time at 23. That is insane. Oh my goodness. I'm also like, how do you, like, I can imagine how you break two. Did you break both wrists? No, just this hand, just, so this, this bone in the middle was snapped in half. Okay, I was going to say, like, how did you live if you had two? Okay, that's fine. You just broke one. <laughs> just one. Just, just one. Still, that's mad. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, out of that, I, I actually went back to university at the age of 24 and did my master's at London School of Economics. You know, I had the space to, to find that and do that. Um, I mean, I did actually coached the LSE uh, basketball t- women's basketball team while I was there just yeah just for money anything for a bit of cash um, I feel, yeah. yeah I like my master's was funded by being a netball coach so like I was like scholarship as a netball coach sound pay for my master's I get it you do it though like yeah let's get it through right I mean the good thing, one ma- massive thing about doing sport at a high level from a young age is when you say, oh, I played basketball for England and Team GB, people sit up and listen. They're like, yeah. oh, okay. Like the respect goes a lot further. Um, so yeah, I, I continued to play basketball a little bit here and there. Um, I played a little bit in my like, late 20s, but I was growing up and team sports just drove me mad. I mean, you know, when you're in a I team... People bring their baggage, people turn up late, you're like super dedicated and committed and people turn up hungover and I just, I can't, like, I protect (laughs) my energy at all costs and that was draining me and I was like, I'm out. I I hear it though and I like I love it I see it all the time I remember we used to um so I played for like the A team at Stirling University and we were in like huge big games against like Loughborough Lightning and you know teams that are number one in England and it was wild and we would have to get up and it was like at at that age like your first year at uni you were only getting up to train at seven o'clock in the morning but the amount of people that wouldn't get up at seven to train and you're like oh my gosh and it does just totally put a drag and a drain on it and then when I turned around to be coaching, yeah. it was even yeah. worse when you were coaching because you're like trying to get people in. So yeah, I, I can totally relate to it. Yeah, yeah, totally yeah. relate. It's wild. 
it's such a drain on your energy and it, it it turns out that actually i'm 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 very kind i will be nice to people but i'm also extremely selfish and i, I don't mind admitting that yeah, don't yeah. don't come to me i cannot continue to deal with neg like problems and negativity that's your issue i'm going to be over here cultivating my energy and doing what yeah. i so <laughs> you know so I, got into, uh, I got into triathlons for a couple of years and I was pretty good at triathlon I didn't I didn't have any specific coaching I just like you know <laughs> threw myself in lakes and swam around and, and did that for a bit that was good crack and then a, a friend of mine invited me to come up to the amateur boxing gym that he was fighting for so I saw him fight and I was like oh, this is horrific yeah. oh god this is so bad um, and he invited me to do some training and it was very, uh, it was very affordable and, uh, it was great training. So I went up there and, and fell in love with the training. I mean, it's super militaristic. It's so hardcore. Yeah. And you know, part of that mentality of like, oh, I quit basketball. I don't know if I'm good enough is that when I'm offered things, I can't turn them down. If, yeah. if you were like, we can go bungee jumping right now. I'd be like, okay oh, <laughs> i'll do it you know i'll i'll do almost anything to keep proving yes yes i love it oh my goodness i love it i knew you were like that <laughs> yeah i can't i can't say no i have to and not for anyone else it's like you know i can't look myself in the mirror if i said no you said no yeah i get that so i had my first fight at 29 and i really embraced the, the lifestyle and the training and you know you're in your late 20s people are leaving London people are getting married people are having kids and you're like oh okay I'm still married <laughs> to the game I'm still like yeah I'm, I'm just gonna be up the gym every night like yeah, I feel I you went, I feel you I went hard at it and I was national champ by 32 That's so wild absolutely wild yeah. Oh, I love how you're like, yeah, just casual 29, 32. Like, that is insane. Yeah. It's just like, I love it so much. I, I do think there's a big part, though, in like, obviously, your story and what you're saying right now around that kind of athletic discipline that is, you know, drilled into you from a young age. And yeah. I think, like, for me, it was always there and it was always, it was dancing and then mm -hmm. it went to netball and yeah. then it went to bodybuilding. And it's still like, even and now within my business, I still grow my business as if I'm playing sport. And mm -hmm. it is that consistency every single day. And I think if that's within you as a person, you're yeah. always going to be striving to find it. Right. And like, like you, I almost need it. Like at this, obviously right now, guys listening, you'll, you'll know we're in quarantine, we're in lockdown. Like yeah. this right now, this lack of routine and ability to go and train consistently and be consistent on it. Like we definitely need to dive into that in a bit, but yeah. it's just so hard. Like that mindset shift. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it is incredible. So obviously you're a champion at 32. Yeah. Uh, when did you join? Wait, I feel like you're, you're, you're quite new to third space. So from yeah. there to third space, like how did that all happen? Well, I mean, my, my career, you know, equally has been all over the place. I mean, I've done a million different things. I, I, you know, when I was younger, I sold windows over the phone. I've pulled pints, I've served food. I've done it all, mate. I mean, I, uh, I graduated from Leicester University at the age of 20 and I moved down to London immediately. I mean, yeah. I could not go back to Doncaster. There was no choice. And if I had said to my parents, I've got no money, they'd have been like, okay, come home and work until yeah. you've got money. 
don't give you money. That's not how this works. But I didn't want to. So I came down to London with no money. I slept rough in my car for a couple of nights, pulled up outside of fucking McDonald's because they were 24 hours and there was going to be lights on all night and no one would rob me in my car. Like, I just turned up here and was like, I've got to make something work. I've got nothing and I've got to do something. So... I uh, I got it randomly into marketing. I mean, it was it was a secretarial role that became more of a marketing role at a marketing agency. Um, I didn't want to do fitness. I felt like that was the easy thing for me. I'd done it my whole life. I felt like I must prove that I'm more than just this, you know. Yeah. Which you know, that's deep. Is, I mean, <laughs> that's it's, deep. <laughs> is good but at the same because I explored a lot but at the same time like just fucking do what you're good at mate like, yeah. do you know what I mean yeah. and I've been doing it anyway but I did so many different things and I really I see myself I see for, for I see people's personalities often as being related to elements of the universe and I really see myself as water I, I shape shift I change I'm adaptable I'll do whatever needs to be done so you know, I did marketing for a bit, was all right at it, didn't get that much of a kick out of it, quit, did something else, did recruitment for a while, then did something else. Then I actually, so the, the quite formative part of my career was working for a FTSE 100 company yeah. called Bunzel. And I managed a portfolio of six million pounds for them. And it was fucking huge. And it's just unbelievably, unbelievably hard. I can't tell you. Um, I mean, I went back to university after university. I, um, I went and worked in Rwanda for a year in marketing. Yeah. I, I worked in oh. marketing, doing marketing <laughs> for the Rwandan government for a year. That was, that was me, me. I love it. It's so interesting though. Like it's led you to where you are now ultimately though, right? It has led you, but I love just when you hear what people have done in their experience. I'm like, right. what even like, what, like, oh. I, how did that happen? Right. And, um, you know, my, uh, my go-to again was like, oh, you did marketing for a bit, but you weren't that good at it. Oh God, you've quit. Oh, you went to Rwanda for a year, but then you came back after a year. It's only really now since I hit 30-ish that I'm like, it's fucking brilliant. Like, yeah. One, I've had a crash course in 10 different careers. I can build you a website in five, <laughs> five minutes flat. I can write. I used to write for the Huffington Post when I worked for a women's rights charity. Like I can do so many different things and now put it all together. And yeah, I'm, I'm quite an, a, a, like a, an accomplished uh, person in terms of my career. And I, can, I have so many different skills. So I, while I was working for that FTSE 100 company, I was seeing how... Um, how popular boxing was becoming in the fitness industry. So right. I went to Co-Box and I was like, this is cool. You know, I don't think it's that hard to do. Um, so I just set up my own little studio down here in Greenwich and um, cr wrote, created my own flyers. <laughs> Pause one sec. I just, yeah. thought it, I just thought it wasn't that hard to do. So I just set up my own studio. That mindset right there, that's something I would say it and do. Like, there's going to be people listening to this that are like, oh yeah, I just thought I might as well just set up a studio. Like, why not? Right. <laughs> exactly. Why not? Exactly. Why not? I, I love it. A little space by the hour. Very, very low risk. 
I wrote my, I created my own flyers because I taught myself to do that on Photoshop. I built my own website because I taught myself how to do WordPress. And I went and I handed out 3,000 flyers through people's letterboxes. I mean, I did it for about two weeks, literally just pounding the pavements. And yeah, within about a year, I had about a thousand clients signed up not that they came to every class obviously yeah um you know at max i'd get about 10 people per class but yeah it was called punch club um and it was just fucking beautiful like people coming in wanting to learn to box me just loving everyone and just being you know trying to embrace everyone and make them feel welcome you know I really love working with newbies in fitness and being like this is what's possible Let's yes Yes, I love it. Oh my goodness. You're such an entrepreneur. Like, do you, do you, do you ever think you're an entrepreneur? No, no. I don't. I, I'm, honestly, like that right there, you literally, it's like basically what an entrepreneur does, like figuring everything out for themselves and making it work. I mean, it's great. I love it. I thrive on it. Yeah. It's just, yeah, you are, mate. Whether you want to admit it or not. <laughs> I, well, the thing is, I'm very risk averse. So I only do things as long as, I, as long as, you know, it's not too risky. And so that's why it doesn't feel too entrepreneurial. But at the same time, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. And like Punch Club was great. I ran it for a couple of years, um, made loads of friends and, and, and trained some really great people. And um, I mean, the business was profitable. I mean, a tiny profit, but it was profitable within its first year and it did okay. And um, kind of thought that I would grow that and, and, and it becomes some, something bigger like a cold box and I'd get my own space and stuff. So I really pursued that route and really tried to push it and, um, and failed. I mean, I just could not get a space that would allow me to be there full time, mostly because of noise complaints from, re from residents. And then was like, this is so high risk because if, if a resident complains about noise and shuts you down and I, I, then I'm paying this, you know, huge, uh, huge rent every month, I can't do this. Yeah. And at the same time, third space popped up and I'd, I'd been a member at third space and I am like the world's biggest third space backer. I fucking love that place. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, I was still in touch with a couple of people there and just thought, you know, let me supplement what I'm doing at Punch Club, my own studio, with a couple of sessions up at Third Space. So I did some covers, and then I saw that they were looking for a master trainer and and applied. And you know, since I have this corporate background, and 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 you know, I have the the, the legitimacy as a national champ, it, and I run my own business, which is kind of what you do yeah. as a trainer. You know, you kind of run in a little department. Yeah, they, they liked me and it made sense. And so I came to work for, work for Third Space. Yay! Yay! And then you fell into our lives. Right. Best day ever. First day I met you, I was like, oh, she's a badass. So I like her. Well, I'm trying. I'm trying, mate. But, you know, the, the good thing when, when you've changed jobs so many times is that you, you kind of learn not to be defined by your career. We're very like... I must succeed at this one yeah. thing, the best of it. And I'm just like, I'm not defined by it. I'll probably change in two years. I'll probably be an astronaut next week. I don't <laughs> I'll just do anything. I'm, oh my you know goodness. I mean? but, but you don't get very emotionally invested in work. So yeah. there's people who are just like, oh, they said this to me and my class didn't go well. And oh my God. And I'm like, mate, it was bothered. Um, I do not lose any sleep over work and I don't mind telling third space that like <laughs> I 
it's so true though like it's so true you've got to have a thick skin in this game like just enjoy it in the moment be present and do it for what it is and when it doesn't fit and it's not you anymore then move on yeah be open be flexible be ready to change be water babe just exactly oh my god you are so water i freaking love it you are water (laughs) oh my goodness such a good like i just it's wild like from basketball i love the triathlon you snuck that in there i didn't know it's only a couple of years (laughs) not a big deal (laughs) i'm like toying with the triathlon right now i was that was i know that was my thing i was like i'm gonna do it like I can swim, I can cycle, I can apparently run. I mean, I didn't know I could run. (laughs) Smashing 10 keys in 50 minutes. I mean, that's amazing. Who does that? So I'm like, I'm going to do a triathlon next. I might, that'll be my post-quarantine thing. Listen, if you find one, I'll do it with you. (laughs) Yes! Oh my God, I'm going to sign you up. I know, exactly. Let's go do a triathlon tomorrow. Um, Oh my gosh, gal, I'm honestly absolute hoot. Okay, so obviously we were chatting as well before we came Mm. on, because I didn't, well, I knew you were vegetarian. I didn't Mm. know you are a vegan, or a recent vegan, is that the, you know, calling it? I've been doing veganism for about three years, but I'm, I'm maybe, let's say, 95%. And the other 5% is cream eggs. So <laughs> I tr- I, I'm, I'm on it. I am really on it. But there's times when it, it's not, you know, it's not so easy. But most of the time I'm doing it. And I've been a vegetarian since I was very young, since I was like four years old. Like my mum took me into a butcher's and I was like, all right, explain. And she told me what was going on. And I was like, mm-mm. Mm-mm, I am no way no way I'm not eating that that's not okay with me so I've been a vegetarian pretty much ever since aside from a short stint at university when everyone else was kind of experimenting with like sex and drugs I was like oh I'll just try this bacon Ooh, you know <laughs> oh my gosh oh my gosh I've never tried drugs but I've tried bacon <laughs> oh my gosh I actually love you I can just imagine that like yeah I can see that everyone's like talking about what their experimenting days were and you're like this one time I tried bacon yeah mental absolutely wild <laughs> absolutely wild oh my goodness so how do you find like obviously you've literally been at your whole life so I imagine you are particularly lean you're quite a tall human like I how have. have you find like sport this particular sports you've been in as well like yeah. I always associate them as very lean and very athletic sports yeah. so do you, how do you find being a vegan within those sports and your kind of own relationship yeah. with food through that well look I um I come from a mentality around nutrition where there's no one size fits all um very interested in gut health and i very much believe that your gut health will determine how you metabolize different foods um so for me i mean i've been vegetarian slash vegan for a long time so i don't really know any different but i i do i class myself as a high performance human being i don't feel any detriment from not not eating meats or animal products um despite that so in in terms of health nutrition and health i've had a lot of health issues when i was younger i mean since the age of 16 since i was sexually active i had really bad utis i mean just chronic um urinary infections and really misused antibiotics as a way out of that because i didn't know any different and doctors just keep prescribing prescribing so um i developed a really bad gluten intolerance and i just felt terrible through most of my 20s and and i was also drinking alcohol during that time not massively but 
you know, these things play a role in your gut health. Um, so nowadays I'm, I'm pretty much vegan and you know, the, the vegetarian and veganism started out as a moral issue. Um, I just can't, I I, I can't do that. I can't, uh, rear animals and then, you know, slit their throats and then consume their flesh. I just can't do it. Um, but you know, more and more, there, there there's so many health benefits from eating predominantly plant-based. I'm not trying to tell you everyone should do it and that meat is bad for people. But you know, human beings evolved partially through eating meat. I think to a lot less quantity than we're used to now, yeah. and a lot higher quality than we used to now. Um, so if you want to eat some meat, fits you know pasture raised and it's and it's organic and all that good stuff, then go ahead um i'm not gonna fight with you about that i'm not personally gonna do it but i'm I'm gluten-free because i developed such a huge gluten intolerance um through my gut health issues um i'm grain free i realize that grains don't agree with me very well very low carb because carbs just i can't i can't metabolize them very well and for people that can fucking brilliant like (laughs) i hate you but (laughs) i can't Um, i'm a carb monster like legit i could live on carbs i'd be neither up nor down really no it's not for me man um you know and i've I've, obviously there's a lot of information out there but you need carbs for to for energy and and so on and um you need to eat little and often and this sort of stuff it did not work for me. I've tried everything and I especially tried everything because I needed to lose weight to fight. Yeah. So my walking weights in my twenties were walking weight is just what you are not like normally when you're walking about not trying my walking weight in my twenties was like 64, 65 kilos. And I did not feel well through most of my twenties. I mean, going out and training for basketball or for triathlons was just sheer force of will. It was just like, I did not feel well. Um, and really, it's only the past sort of four years that I realized carbs, no good for me. Like high healthy fats, brilliant. Love it. Intermittent fasting changed my life. Yeah. Like, your gut. Changed my life. Like, yeah, my gut health, because I never pooped. I would poop once every four days. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? Oh my I, gosh. I was so fucking ill. Because I'm just like eating little and often, just constantly topping up my gut and never really being able to clear out properly. Yeah, Jesus. Um, so the intermittent fasting, I mean, I, I'll do maybe 18 hours off, four, six hours on, six hours of eating um, of low, low carb, high healthy fats. And it just changed my life. And it changed, it also changed my urinary tract health because- yeah. Then I wasn't having this kind of overgrowth of candida from the gut into the urinary tract that was causing all the issues that I was having. So low carb and intermittent fasting totally changed my life. I fight at 60 kilos. And before I was intermittent fasting, getting to 60 kilos was, you know, it broke me. Yeah, it it was like putting on a plastic bag and going out for a run on the day of the fight. I could weigh in. I mean, being so depleted. Started intermittent fasting, and now my walking weight is sixty-one. This morning, sixty-one kilos. Like, just crazy, isn't it? I think the the weight thing's such an interesting one because I sit at sixty-eight, so I'm sixty-eight, but I compete about fifty-nine, sixty. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but my body sets comfortably. I, like body sets comfortably, but sixty six. Um, so that's six kilos to get it off. And what I find is I can get down to about sixty three pretty easy. But then that last three kilos, I have I have to intermittent fast. And it's it's one of those ones that you know, being a coach and helping people with their own nutrition and yep. helping people with their own goals, I do really struggle because I'm like, you know, you you don't need to intermittent fast. Like intermittent fast isn't the message that's going to help you, right? But in the same breath, for a lot of us, it does actually work. And everyone's yep. like, yeah, but it's calories in, calories out, and I'm like, yeah, but the amount of times you're feeding your gut and your gut's ability to break down food and insulin and all these other things, bacteria, and when you really start to get into it, actually eating less frequently yeah. and you know consolidating your eating windows gives your gut a better chance. Right. Um, and it is just such an interesting how for some people it really does work. Yeah. And I'm like, I honestly couldn't, I probably couldn't get below sixty-two kilos now without yeah. that. I am. Yeah. Um, and it is weird to like, you know, actually tell people that because then they're like, so I should just intermittent fast to lose weight, and I'm like, not essentially, but yeah. maybe. But maybe, and it is such a, a an argument that's up in the air, but I, I do love that it works for you. And obviously if it keeps you one kilo within weight, I mean, that's... that's well, look, I, don't, I don't need to stay one kilo within weight. I haven't boxed since October. The last time I boxed, you know, we're now in what, April? I boxed in Mexico in October and I haven't fought since. But I don't, I don't do the intermittent fasting for aesthetics i'm not here to look good for you i'm i feel like a fucking human being when i enter like i i do it pretty you know most days with a bit of you know going harder at the weekend and just kind of fast and famine uh, feast and famine kind of methodology because it just works me and i just feel better and and people might find that restrictive but really my health in my 20s was restrictive it was so restrictive i i just i just couldn't live my life properly so yes i'm quite strict but the least of life yeah. is just unreal i mean i want to be high performing every single day yes. why would i want a day when i'm not so i actually ate a shit ton of gluten about a week ago like me and my housemates we had some silly night where and you know a couple of us are vegans so they got in these like um satan kind of nugget things i went hard on the fucking satan for you know sometimes you forget two days i was in bed i love it i love it two days i couldn't get out of bed i mean oh I my goodness lord i was so ill i felt hungover and I, I haven't touched alcohol for two years and i felt so hungover because of gluten oh it is so true though like i really struggle to explain this to people and mm-hmm. and like until you in a state where you've cut it it is you know don't eliminate foods and there's such an argument there but until you're in a state where you've eliminated it and mm-hmm. seen how your body responds yeah like we're, we're all unique we're all different right. and like for me i'm neither up nor down like i am totally fine right. but then for some people like it is a genuine thing that does transform their energy and transform their health and their mood and all these other yeah. things and yeah. i do think it is like try all the different things out there see what works for you yeah. and once you figured it out and once you're in that positive healthy happy state yeah. then you know like there's no right or wrong answer it's it's got to fit for your lifestyle so i absolutely yeah. love that I, i'm intrigued as to know what you actually eat like i'm thinking about all the things that you cut out i'm like how do you make a meal like what does a day in the life look like is it just veg. Veg? yeah yeah all the veg and 
for me, if I can't cook it in 10 minutes and if it won't go in a bowl and I can't cook it in a pan, if it's got to be oven and all that shit, I'm, I'm not on it. So it, it's like, you know, start with like some uh, green leafy veg on the base, chuck in some olives, chuck in some, some dried tomato, get some uh, cauliflower rice, fry that up with some really nice pesto, chuck that in one side, get some tofu going on, fry that up in turmeric and, and black pepper, put that on one side, like, that's maga that is mad i love it that sounds delicious i can go for days i can i yeah i just like i love cooking vegan food and it's all like bowl based like very buddha bowl kind of base yeah i mean it's a microbiome party at my own yeah i honestly gal i i'm just so wow okay so what something we haven't actually touched on there that i'm just remembering you said was obviously when you were chatting to me about you had leaky gut um yeah yeah, so, I, so touch on I that was, I was pretty aware that I had leaky gut because I, you know, I was being fed antibiotics from the age of 16. I mean, if you look at my medical history from 16 to 22, I had had course, about 10 courses of antibiotics every year. Ooh. I mean, what we're almost talking once a month. I was yeah. chronically ill with, with uh, UTIs. But I, nat- I eventually saw like a naturopath kind of um, health advisor who talked about candida. So if, you, if you're developing bad bacteria in your gut because you've taken antibiotics, it wipes out all of your bacteria in your gut. And what can start to grow back is not necessarily the healthy stuff. So you're getting all this bad bacteria in your gut. It can start to grow through the walls of the gut and it can start to get into your urinary tract. Now, every time you have sex, you've got this bad bacteria in your gut you're really activating and really inflaming that. So I'm like, you know, in agony in my, in my, you know, late teens. Um, And this naturopath was like, right, go on a totally yeast free diet. Go on a totally free sugar diet and take these supplements. She gave me a whole bunch of kind of bacteria esque uh, supplements and it cleared it up Um, and it was great. And um, then it started to come back, you know, I relaxed my diet again and really I just couldn't get back to that very kind of strict, um, that strict sugar-free, yeast-free thing, yeah. although I'm pretty much back there now. But I, I did go through a, an episode about three years ago where um, the, the UTIs weren't so bad anymore, but just the feeling of lethargy and inflammation through my body was, yeah. was really bad. And so I, I, I kind of felt like, okay, I've got leaky gut again. There's, there's particles of you know, foodstuffs getting through the gut and into the bloodstream. I could just feel it, like you yeah. know, the feeling of being hung over in the morning without even drinking. And then I had a couple of episodes of just unbelievable brain fog where I could not move for about five days I mean I remember driving to run my classes and being like I should not be on the road I don't even know where the fuck I am right now I was just totally out of it so I had um quite expensive actually um test done um not through the NHS but independently and that tested and found that yes there were pathogens in my blood um that indicated leaky gut and that there were there were other you know cytokines which is you know the the um the immune system's response to shutting down um things in your system that shouldn't be there so there were cytokines in my blood that indicated that um there was stuff passing through the blood brain barrier yeah so that was why i was having this brain fog like because 
yeah. stuff like actually getting actually, into the brain. Yeah. yeah. Actually get into the brain that was that shouldn't be there. And so yeah, I really cleaned that up, just totally changed my diet, came off grains, came off carbs, and it's really worked for me. I just the fact that your diet has been what's I'm gonna use the word healed, it's probably not the best word. I'm but with it. I'm yeah, good. your yeah. diet has healed that. Yeah. And that's just like there's so many things that I listen to nowadays or read or you know, you get in tune with nowadays and they're talking about the simplicity and just changing your nutrition to actually save your life um, from all these different pathogens and stuff out there. And I think so many people still overlook it or still play it down. And the amount of people that you speak to that are on high sugar, high carbs, fast food, processed foods, you know, all these just, I don't want to use the word bad foods, but I'm going to say I have no worries about offending anyone if you're eating something that has more than three ingredients on the packet no 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 good for you it's no good for you I can tell you myself and for your listeners guys like now in in isolation this is the perfect time to experiment because on a day-to-day basis I'm at work I'm running around I did a hard workout today did that affect my sleep last night or was it the fact that I had an argument with someone at work like what was it that fucked me up now all things being equal because we're not doing jack shit yeah training every day if you're not getting in arguments about work if you're just like at a neutral level now start to see what affects you and what I'm finding is that when I eat shitty gluten i'm in bed for two days if i didn't know any better if i'm out you know working every day i could have thought ah it was that it, it was that hard session it was this yeah. it was that. No, it's not it was the food now you know start to use this as a time to figure out what affects you and how it affects you if you can take your resting heart rate every morning and see where it's at you're going to start to understand ah that sugary snack right before bed that fucked me up all night my my resting heart rate has been elevated you start to see how things yeah. affect you. Trust me, nutrition and stress, they're the two main influences on how you feel every day. Oh, I am. Um, on that note, actually, for the guys who le- are listening, if you are checking your heart rate first thing in the morning, something that I've been doing is using Elite HRV. Don't know if you've ever heard of it, um, but it actually works. I think it's working really well, just giving you that synthetic and parasynthetic um scale and yep. just you know saying like this is where your body's at right now and i use it along with my my zone so yep. it's just like such a good like within the first kind of 10 minutes in the morning checking yep. it out and seeing where your body's at and being like okay do i go and do a workout right now yep. what have i been eating that's knocked me off and it's just a really good pairing that i've found that's oh, i mean i buzz 24 7 but i only buzz 24 7 because the good foods, the good training, yeah. the understanding. And it is like what works for me is definitely different from what works for you. Right. But we're both still in a very similar, you know, we've got the food, we've got the training, we understand our body's needs and wants. Right. Um, and to optimize, which is just, I think, the key thing for anyone yeah. right now, like we've got all this time, like yeah. use it and optimize. Like how are you getting on with quarantine? What's your... I, I mean, I feel kind of bad to say this. There's a lot of people who are in a tricky situation and I do not want to like denigrate what people are going through. Personally, I am having the time of my life. I love it. You know, the time, <laughs> you know, the, the time to, to do great things. Um, just to loop back, just to close the loop on what you were saying about quantification. I use the whoop wristband and I have been for about oh, nice. And that like changed my life, changed my training. So understanding my resting heart rate and my heart rate variability 
really helped me to change my training. I mean, I was just that mentality from when I was younger was like, go hard every day. Oh, you are not good enough, bitch. Whereas now it's like, okay, how do I feel in the morning? What do I want to do? I mean, I still have the tendency to go hard and I'm, I'm really trying in lockdown to learn just to listen to my body with regards to training. Um, it's, it's hard. And I, my partner is, is, he's so in tune with his body. He's very good at understanding what his body needs and to, to use exercise for enjoyment and pleasure, um, and for healing. Whereas I'm like, myself. (laughs) so I'm really trying to get over that because I mean, I'm going out for runs every morning, but I would usually run on the treadmill. So I know exactly how fast I'm running and how fast I'm not running. Yeah. Um, I'm really going out for a run in the morning, just to the park without even a tracker is like, Oh my gosh. And I'm like, how does it, do I want to go a bit faster and open out the lungs? If I breathe a bit deeper and swing my arms a bit more, how does that feel? No. Okay. Go a little bit slower walk for a bit like I jog to the park I walk through the park which to me is like I should never stop halfway oh my goodness but my body is loving it I'm really enjoying it I do a little bit of yoga in the park I've started learning tai chi which is just the most beautiful practice and I absolutely love so I'm doing a little bit of that and then jogging home from there um yeah I'm I'm doing a lot of stuff that just for sheer pleasure, really, um, as opposed to just really pushing. And that's quite a foreign idea for me. It is, isn't it? I think that's been the thing for me most is actually just trying to just be and like relax. And what does your body want to do? I am that person that's like, okay, when I do my next 10K, I'm going to go faster. Yeah. Like I'm ready for it. I'm like, okay, it's been like, yeah, I've tied my days. I've had the recovery. I've done the things in between going to yeah. smash the next one and I'm going to go faster so I'm totally like yeah I'm with you on that it's a hard one to break though it's hard I mean and for some people they might not want to break it you know especially if you're competing you need to know how fast you're running right now I'm not competing and you know I want to I want to be healthy first and foremost yeah. um and I think I think it's difficult I think it's difficult when you're competing but also just in the general commercial fitness space it's very fitness is very geared towards strength nowadays actually you know like the kind of idea that we should all get strong and I find that quite hard first of all I find it quite a masculine lens through which Mm -hmm. to look at uh fitness and it's one that I it's a perspective that I just can't subscribe to because I am not strong (laughs) that like let's put that out there right now like (laughs) those little muscles they're little they're cute we'll get a picture of you up on the podcast everyone will see (laughs) how beautiful you are in those little muscles (laughs) we love you tough right like that stuff if you're working into walking into a space every day where you're supposed to be an expert and every you're kind of valued and quantified uh by by how much you can lift by you know doing these very intense training sessions 
and I've tried, you know, I've really beat myself up for a long time and tried to get involved. And uh, even, you know, when I met my partner, he's an, an unbelievable Olympic lifter. I mean, his form is just incredible. And he tried to teach me and, you know, to impress a boy, I did it for a while. And then, <laughs> you know, once that we were living together, I was like, oh, I don't really like that Olympic lifting thing. <laughs> but I try every so often and I'm, I'm, I'm sort of coming now to that, that thing of like, I don't like it. It doesn't work for me. I don't find any, there's a lot of value in lifting, don't get me wrong. But for me personally, I, there's just no value for me. I, yeah. I don't enjoy it. I don't want to do it. Whereas, you know, combat sports, they're just, they're, they're just unreal. You know, boxing just became such a huge focus for my life because of what it can give me physically. That's not, it's not quantifiable. Um, you know, it's a 3D high speed game of chess where things are constantly moving. It's not linear. It's not, yeah. like, you know, you know, I'm not trying to bash anyone that does that stuff, but boxing and martial arts have really given me those kind of core competencies that allow us to feel like ourselves within our own body. They're very yeah. essential to our experience of our bodies, you know, agility, coordination, balance, dexterity, you know, being good with your hands, um, complex decision-making and timing and distance perception and reactions, all these things I'm getting from boxing. But I mean, if you're working in a space where it's all, everything's based on personal bests and times and kilograms and you're yeah. just that going, well, I'm very agile. <laughs> like that's quite hard. And it's, you know, you don't feel like you fit within the paradigm and that that's very difficult I think for anyone who is not particularly strong or anyone who's coming into, you know, a, a gym environment and wanting to get fitter or healthier, like it is difficult, difficult. You don't feel like you fit in. So, you know, I'm, I'm also trying to get to a place where it's like, I'm okay with that. I'm not going to compete with you guys. I don't like squatting. I'm going to be over here doing my thing and being really coordinated and agile I'll, uh, and I can't quantify those things but I'll see you later yeah I I love that so there's such in my head there's such a message in what you're saying right now as well that's almost contradictory to some of the norm and yeah. that yes I do see like being strong it is quite a, it is a masculine energy and for so long we've been part of an industry of women can be strong too and women can do these things and women can do all these things Which so great I absolutely love it. Like huge part of it. But I think yeah. obviously quarantine's forced me to become a runner. Mm. And I, I like, I, I've, I've done all the research, like not lately, but over the years I've, I've learned all these things about, you know, women can be in labor for two days. Like we are endurance beings. Like yeah. we are all about the endurance. Like our bodies are built and made for that. And yeah. a lot more women should, you know, be looking at endurance, endurance sports. So I'm almost tapping into that now and allowing myself to tap into that. And, yeah. you know, seeing actually I am probably pretty good at this endurance thing more than yeah. what I originally anticipated. I'm sure. Um, that's it. And that's from five hours of classes back to back. I suppose you're going to develop something there. Anyway, yeah. what for people listening as well in particular, you know, we do push this message of be strong, be this, be that. And there, a lot of the people I suppose I speak to are scared of the weight space, a little bit like what you've said. But there's also the, the brand of people that probably look at boxing 
it's mm. quite a masculine sport and look at boxing as a place that's for men within a gym and I know particularly like I used to work in an MMA center mm. and I got taken on as the female PT in there because mm. it was only men that worked there and it was only right. men that trained there and right. it was really really hard I felt when I brought in female clients right. to get them to train weights and they hated walking through the MMA ring. They hated walking through, walking by the boxing rings. They hated walking through it. the mats. So where's, you know, is there, is there a way to combat that? Or what do you say to women who are maybe combat not that. into, <laughs> lol, <laughs> lol, lol, lol. But they're maybe not into weights. They maybe are yeah. into agility and speed and all these yeah. things. So how do you overcome that? In short, join third space. Yeah. <laughs> Come to all my classes. I will look after all of you. Well, we know that. We know that. (laughs) It's hard. It's really freaking hard. I mean, I I walked into the boxing gym that I currently box for and I was the only female there. And it was just, it was just fucking petrifying. I mean, it's mental. It's such a male space. And, you know... All, my coaches have generally treated me like an athlete and I don't feel all that different. But I think as females, you know, even as children, boys are given toys that are all centered around, you know, masculinity and, and fighting and here's a car and go fast and, and be strong. And girls, you know, we're given dolls. We are primed to be mothers before while we're still children. While we're still yeah. babies ourselves. And so everything about... Um, growing up as a female is centered around femininity and, and and the lens through which we look at that is is not through strength and certainly not like combat sports you know they're, they're not a very female centric um sport so it's very very tough and i you know if i had a pound for every time that i was insulted with regards to boxing i would be a millionaire because the first thing that people said when i got into it was like oh, what about your face oh <laughs> it's like oh, yes as a woman that's all yeah. that matters isn't it my face gosh um so there's that to get over and then as you progress through the sport you know what i hear a lot of is ah, that's really great. You could probably go all the way because it's easier for girls. You know, there's, there's oh. so little competition there. And I want to wring these people's throats because... Yeah, no wonder. Let, let me make it clear. Male boxes are 10 a penny. There's a lot of male boxes out there because to walk into a gym as a male is not fucking difficult. No. It, everyone looks like you. Everyone talks like you. The space is you. For women walking in there... It, it is not an okay space to be in. The only reason that I could be in that space, and I was heavily uncomfortable, the only reason I could be there was because I had been an athlete my whole life and I could say, I think I could be good at this, so I think it's going to be okay. But yeah. it was hard. It was really, really hard. Um, and just getting in the ring, I mean, it's just fucking horrible. Like, it's just the hardest thing that you'll ever do. What I what I would say to women interested in, in boxing, first of all, is... You, you will get so much out of it. I mean, just so much out of it. Where you can go to do it, I mean, there's a lot of online stuff right now. So in your own home, maybe you can get a little bit comfortable with the idea of boxing. I'm doing some online classes, which and I can you know direct you to those links at the end. When we're out of quarantine, you can start with the kind of, I'd say slightly more commercial classes, like the co-boxers, where... No one's looking at you, it's dark, and you just hit your own bag and you get used to it there. 
And then over time, if you want to progress, then try going to some more kind of skill-based classes. Uh, you know, we have them at Third Space, for example, or you can try going to a gym, but maybe get that grounding first at somewhere that's a little bit more commercial and, you know, they've got a cute instructor and loud music and that kind of thing, because it eases you into it, you know? And there's nothing wrong with that, you know? I'm, I've been to those classes and they do really ease you into it. It's a good entry point for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I would say also if you're a female who's worried or wondering about how to get into it, find a female instructor because they, they're going to get it, you know? Yeah. Try that. And that's why we got you. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to share your Instagram, obviously on the link with this and um, because you've been posting like your boxing fundamental videos and then you've been doing all the kind of skill based stuff, which I'm freaking loving, by the way. I think it's such a good thing for people to check in and like, you're just such a beautiful personality. Like, um, I can't wait for them to learn from you, especially if they are interested. Yeah. What else are people doing right now? What right. else? Right. Take the time. Go and learn a little bit of boxing. And yeah, if, if you want to learn from me, beautiful. I would absolutely love that. My, my obsession is to try and make things accessible for people who generally wouldn't do it. I, I, I care less about people that are already good. They're yeah. fine, but you know. I, I like newbies who, who have no idea because they, the, the, um, the growth is so fast it's so exponential like the learning and the skill acquisition is just like mind-blowing when you first start so i love it oh my it's so true though it is so true i love i just oh makes my heart warm i do love it babe okay i don't i think we've touched on everything um, and in here we've tried a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot it's been so so good to have you on um so if there is one thing i can get you to do before we wrap up uh, basically whenever we're finishing off obviously whoever's been listening you've probably like put some fire in them already and just allow them to realize there's people in the world that have other shit going on in their lives and they're not alone out there um but a big thing that i would ask you to do now is just a piece of advice that you've maybe been given in your life or something that you know was a significant thought process that you had to allow you to change just something that you could pass on to the guys listening who are about to you know crack on with their day do yeah. whatever they're about to do go out into this world and be a little bit better um, and yeah. what piece of advice could you give them I think a lot of people think of uh, especially women look back on their younger selves and say I wish I'd had more confidence but actually for me the the lack of self-confidence at times and the worries and doubts that I had about myself were actually a real fire under my ass and I don't mind those you know every exam I had worked twice as hard my first fight I mean I was a fucking machine before my first fight all out of fear just petrified and why not use use the fear like self-doubt doesn't always have to be a bad thing use it and, and you know push with it so I would say don't don't be afraid of self-doubt and also you know being like water just fucking move with it like you know things happen take shit as it comes and then and then divert like you fail it's not a failure you just pivot and go in a different direction yes pivot oh my god be like water and pivot exactly be like water and pivot i love it that's like the quote of the day 
Oh my goodness, you are incredible and I honestly cannot thank you enough for giving up your time today. It has just been, it's been so nice to see you, like, yeah. uh, honestly, I miss human faces. Like, <laughs> I'm just missing so many people from Third Space, it's been wild. I know. Um, but it is so lovely to see you and I do hope that you're keeping well, lovey. Um, I'm sure the guys listening, you've just like ramp them right up and they're all going to go follow you now and like start fighting in their front rooms which is mega yeah. get it get it get it get it oh my gosh it's been wild okay thank you so so much babe